The Mighty House crew is on the job. This is Mighty House. Today we're going to talk about ICE versus EV and figure out which one you might, might want to get next. Uh, before we do that, let's click on the bell and uh, dingle down there and do all that fun stuff. That way you get notified the next time click we on subscribe. subscribe and yeah, one know, of those click things. on the bell so you get alerted when we have a new one. Yep. There you go. That's all we got to do. So we're going to discuss a little ICE versus EV. EV. And there you go. Gasoline, internal combustion engine, gasoline, or EV electric vehicles. So mm -hmm. what's going in your garage next? Uh, you know, this might be foretelling here because it's actually yeah, gas. It's all on the correct side, I think, of the of the uh, right. show. So, um, getting started, what's going to go in your garage first? And and just to let you know some of the history here, the very first cars were actually electric, and those were built in 1832. And here's an 1832 EV. So even back then, 1832. Looks comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so this was 1832, and then by, what was that, 1838, 1839, something like that, it turned into this. So there you go. You got a nice enclosed. I think uh, even Jay Leno's got one of these in his garage. So if you want to mm -hmm. go and watch how that works and, and find out a little more history on this vehicle, I mean, it's over 100 years old, and it still works fine. He drives it, and, and he drives it on the show. So... EV has been around a long time. Batteries, right? Say again. Lead acid batteries. Yes, lead acid batteries. So, okay. um, but you know, 1832, EV's been around a long time, and it's probably that's the battery inefficiencies that really started getting things going. I think, but um, the very first race held in Chicago yep. was actually won by an electric vehicle. This is an electric tricycle. So there you go. That's a motorcycle, tricycle. And, uh, and just to stick on the, the racing point for a moment, I mean, if you have a Tesla Model P, uh -huh. which has the dual motors and the higher amp hour batteries, right? Ferraris and Lamborghinis will not beat it in a drag race. <laughs> yes. It's pure torque. Four yes. motors is pure torque. Yes. So as far as racing, no, I think electric vehicles have proven themselves to be far superior and I am waiting for the E-Series to get more popular, you know, like Indy and kart racing and IRL and right. NASCAR. I'd really like to see more true electric racing because that's where technology gets better. And um, but it's, what's the um, racing series, the, the international racing series? It's not kart. What's the, the F1? F1. Those they're running hybrids in that. So, yes. um, so I mean, there's where but the there hybrid is a league that is running all. It's you know they are running an E series, which is all electric, but it's still not very popular, and not everybody's behind it. Right. It's getting there. It's getting there. Um, you know, it, they're, they're, we're going to get into this. It's the charging technology. It's the battery technology that's really lagging, and that's why back in 1832, the EVs kind of got overtaken by the internal combustion engine because. A lot easier, faster to charge. More, you got more mileage out of your tank. Uh, so there's more to it than that, though. I mean, you know, th when they struck oil in Pennsylvania <laughs> back whatever year, it, no, and it, they used the oil and they refined the oil, and it was for lighting. Right. They used to burn gasoline off as a byproduct. It, yeah, just what, burn it. Yeah. Well, and then you had whale oil that turned into the to, into so, the. 
the standard oil says, you know, maybe we can do something with this. And they were trying to build internal combustion engines at that time. And they realized that kerosene didn't work. It was too, too viscous and it would foul. Right. So then they found out they were burning off this gasoline stuff. And that's really what changed it. And because it was cheap, it overtook the electric because we didn't have an electric infrastructure then either. Correct. So gasoline took off. And of course, then you have the conspiracy theory. You know, we have the 100 mile, 100 mile <laughs> carburetor that GM and everybody owns the patents and they won't release sure. and blah, blah, blah. So sure. Sure. But, but I mean, that I think, was part of it. Right. And the other side is I can't you take a, a Model A and run that on moonshine? Because it'll run on virtually anything. No, you're good. Most of those were low, they were low compression engines though, that's why. Yeah, so you can run them on virtually anything. So the real question, are we ready to switch to electric cars? And that's more and more, I, like I said, when I started working on this with you today, I says it kind of came out kind of negative and it's not really that I'm against it. I just really don't believe we're ready. Right. And there's, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed that you can't just start putting electric cars in everybody's garage. A well, perfect example is I have the garage space, but I don't have the electrical capacity to put more than a 30 amp charger out there. Right. So we, we can get into that, but let's go back to the, that EV charger. Then you got the, do you think the horse and buggy guys were, well, were standing next. around and, and going, ah, look at that. There's no way. Where are you going to get gasoline? Where are you gonna, I, can, I can feed my horse anywhere. Why, what are you going to do with this gasoline? And if you drive up a hill, it shuts off. You got to go up backwards because it didn't have a fuel pump back then. So, you know, there was all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that when this was oh, going flat on. tires because <laughs> these guys had steel ringed, yeah. you know, wooden wheels. No, there was a lot of that going on. And I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a transition period, no doubt. Sure. And I think we're in that. I mean, we're in, in the dead heat middle of that transition okay, from ICE vehicles to EVs. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I think one of the problems that you're going to have is just think about even though the, the automobile became so popular from around 1912 going forward, and I mean, Ford did everything so everybody could afford it, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it wasn't until after World War II when Eisenhower signed the Interstate Highway Bill in 1956 that we started getting roads other than privately built. You right. know, Route 1 from Chicago to Miami was privately funded, and it was to get, well, gangsters down to Miami. Um, <laughs> But I'm even Route 66, for the most part, to get out west was more or less privately funded, done by states. It wasn't until 56 that we started addressing road conditions. Right. Well, and that interstate highway. similar are... situation. You know, we're getting all these electric vehicles, you know, shoved at us now because all of a sudden nobody had any technology. Now everybody has them coming out and Ford's going to be done with gasoline. They've actually, Ford's actually split. I don't know if you're aware of this. Ford shed the electric car company so that they can die. They're diverging. Right. So that when they're done with gas and 30, Ford goes away. Ford E stays. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't know if you realize that. No. So Ford's already pulled that act. But so where I'm heading with that is we need more infrastructure. It's going to be charging facilities. It's going to be, uh, you know, battery replacements and things like that. Well, all that infrastructure, all that money has got to come from somewhere. Yeah, back up one more picture there. And you can't take it from the highway tax because the highway tax only gets paid through gasoline purchases. Right. Yeah, go, okay, so go one more, right? No, the forward. The other forward. The, uh, one more, stop right there. There you go. Okay, so 
but here's part of that infrastructure stuff we're talking about because now you've got transformers and you're going to have all these homes that are going to need regular power, but now they've also got chargers in them. So how do you manage all of that electricity? And I think that's kind of part of what you're talking about there. We need to build the infrastructure and we need to have that kind of stuff ready to go. So, um, well, and part of that, and I, let me see if you got that far ahead of me. I'm not yeah. sure, but um, one of the things that, you know, the, the European Union, they had settled on a charger. Yes. The device to plug in, you know. Right. And I think it was SRS. It's the one that General Motors happens to use. But here, I did read recently that the U.S. is working on it. And, of course, they'll get around to it in about 10 years. Sure. But just because it's our federal government, the way they work. <laughs> But they need to decide on a standardized charging format so that every EV builder knows what to do. And then you feel comfortable buying it. You pull up, you see a Sciences EV charger, and then you're in your trunk, looking the boot, looking right. for the adapter. And if you don't have it, what do you do? Right. Walk down a street, get a can of electricity. <laughs> yeah. So, so but, that's what I mean. Yes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just we're not ready. Right. That's well, I, I, I don't, I, and I think... Right now, the amount of people that are purchasing EVs and the infrastructure is kind of going hand in hand. And I mean, right now, you can you can buy an electric RV and drive that across the country, charging it as you go. Now, are you going to get there as fast as you would using, a, you know, an, a gasoline or a diesel? No, you're not, because you have to stop every two, three hundred miles and, and recharge. So, you know, but if, it's, if that's all you drive in a day anyway, and you're not in a hurry to get across, you, you do fine. And, and you, could do, you could do that today with the infrastructure we've got already. Is it ideal? But that's no. something that Tesla's already gotten ahead on. You know, sure. Tesla started putting charging stations all along I-80. Yep. Now, the Tesla battery is the chassis of the vehicle. Yep. So if you lift that car, if I remember right, there's only eight bolts that hold it in. Right. You can change a battery in 12 minutes. Correct. So if you pull into a station, if you're in that big a hurry, you can actually have the car go up, have a battery swapped out in 12 minutes, and you're back on the road. It, That's yeah. enough time to take a ba bathroom break, get a burger, uh -huh. and come back out, and your car's done. Right. Yeah, and I think no. they've. I think they're starting to move away from that, and that they went to the supercharger. Sure they, they went to the supercharger instead. Um, yeah, the 440 volt crazy thing. Yeah. So, um, so you could do the supercharger and, and go have lunch and come back, and you're going to be ready to go again. Uh, but the, the the battery swap thing, I think the, uh, the the mechanics of having to do that was it just wasn't working out very well. So I think they've scrapped so pay that. Pay somebody home. to do it, and that's going to yeah. be more than the cost of a tank of gas. Sure, because that's really what it comes down to, right? So, right. But again, is there enough capacity in our grid? You know, um, you know, I live in down where I'm at. We get majority of our power from a nuclear power plant by Lake Okeechobee. Okay. And we've talked about this before. They're, they've not built a new nuclear power plant in 20 years. I don't know. I, if, I tried looking long. it up, but it, I didn't come up. It's been a long time. Right. I don't even know if there's any being permitted. No. You know, and part of the reason is that the insurance companies will not insure them. So what has to happen is the government has to back those and insure those in case there's any, you know, spill or anything like that. Oops. No, no insurance company will ever cover those. So that's kind of the problem with them. So if we build them, the government has to approve it and then backstop that in case there's any, any damage or any spillage, and the government's not willing to sign off on those. So okay. that's, that's what I've heard, and that's why we don't have any right now. Okay. Is it, well, not, a, is it not a good solar, idea? Wind, 
I don't know. I yeah, think it no, is a good I idea. just think it's a, it's a great stepping stone. You know, there is danger involved with it. I get oh, yeah. that, but it's still cl way cleaner than burning coal or gas, right? Uh, so I think without question, problem. yeah. But it still creates the issue. So what do you do with the waste is the is, issue. <laughs> is there enough infrastructure here for every, you know, I live in a cul-de-sac. There's 30 homes. If we all of a sudden had 15 electric vehicles on the street, would we have enough power in the lines to for all of us to plug in at night? No, and and I think that's exactly what we've got here. And what what could happen, and what we've done with um, some of the EV chargers, and I'm trying to think, um, Clipper Creek is one system that we install. And if we go into a condo building, and they only have a limited electric service. We can't throw in 25 chargers and be able to power them all because it's just not big enough. So what we do then is they, they do uh, power sharing. So if one, one person plugs in, they're going to get the full power. Two, they're going to get the full power. At some point, when you start plugging more in, what's going to happen is they're going to reduce the power on all of them. So instead of getting 40 amps across three, you're going to get 30 amps across four or five, and they're just going to keep stepping it down like that. So, so you're doing load shedding. So you do load shed, shedding, load sharing, however you want to right. call it. But you get up in, but you get up in the morning, figuring your car should be fully charged because you got to run to Indianapolis, and you find out you only got half a charge. Right. You know, so, so now we got to stop somewhere before Indy to go get another charge. Or uh, what what that system will also do, you could set a priority so that you know if if I'm not leaving for two days, I'm I, I plug in and I'm not leaving for a while. That's fine. Mine will charge whenever it can. But if somebody sets the priority to need, need charged right away, then they can actually do that and get and more. I'm, and I'm sure the people left to their own will always make sure that they're not just screwing <laughs> their neighbor. Yeah. So, but I mean, that system <laughs> is out there. Theory. Yeah, and you, you, can, you can program it and set it up to do that kind of stuff if you right. wanted to. So now that's on a condo level. So now let's take a neighborhood. You can do the same thing. Those chargers now can talk to each other throughout the whole neighborhood. And if somebody has a, a full charge and they're ready to go, that great. Or they're almost done, it'll start shaving them first and give it to somebody else. So on, on a larger scale, you can push a lot more electricity, but that load sharing, load shaving, whatever term you want to use, does work, and it could work in a neighborhood level also. So the other option for this is, go now go, Kev, there you go. You could do this. And instead of mm -hmm. relying on the grid, you now have local, you could have uh, solar panels like this, you could have wind turbines, and that's all they are is isolated, you know, individual charging areas that, that could then take care of it. So Would they charge me for that electric if I had a carport that was generating electricity? Because that's illegal in Florida. You can't buy power from a third party. <laughs> Even if it's I, yourself. I can't, yeah, I can't, I know. I can't I'm telling explain you, this it. This is a government thing that just it drives me nuts. In Florida, it's illegal to buy electricity from a third party. Yep. So you can have an Amazon warehouse in Florida with a million square feet of rooftop. Yep. And you can have an investor who wants to put a solar farm up there and he'll pay, you know, Tesla a little money of rent, you know, for the rooftop. Right. Because they ain't doing anything anyway. Right. And then shed, you know, sell that electric back and all that. No, it's illegal in Florida. Can't do that. Right. Right. Sunshine State can't do that. No, because it doesn't protect uh, whatever your PPG or whatever, yeah. whatever your power Florida station power is. and light. Right. Yeah, you got it. So they're they're protecting themselves first. Uh, just and that's happening throughout the country where absolutely they they see what's coming and they know this. So 
they are they're buying their politicians. Sorry, that's my personal opinion to prevent yep. that, us from moving forward. And and thank God the, the buggy whip manufacturers didn't have this kind of power and money. Otherwise, we'd still be driving buggies. So right. No, I get that. You know, I and I I totally agree with that. I mean, it's that's what's so hard. So the other thing that's funny is is so for an electric vehicle owner. Um, you're not buying gas, so you're not paying the highway tax on gasoline. Right, and that means... So now we have an issue with infrastructure. Yes. Right? We need charging stations along the highway and the roads, and we're going to need to actually... Well, we're probably going to need new roads at some point, right? Because they're sure. still cars, and they still weigh 2,800 pounds. They actually weigh more than an ICE vehicle. It's because of the batteries. Batteries. They, so those things... there's more wear and tear on the roads. So yes. I know Illinois had proposed at one point a $1,000 a year tax on EVs. Yep. For that reason, yep, didn't go anywhere. I don't think. But. No, no, not yet. But it, it it's but gonna we're gonna reach that, that point thought, where it has. Yeah, to. But a thousand dollars a year might be a little excessive. I don't, you know, I don't spend. I spend five hundred dollars a year or whatever I spend on fuel. I don't know what I spend on that tax. I mean, right, it's, it could be an average. But again, this again, just because of me, we leave this up to the government. It's yeah, it's not gonna work. Um, so, but what's gonna crazy. happen? I think is is your licensing. You know, when you buy new plates, you're just going to have to pay the road tax all at one shot. Um, and that, I agree. That's well, what's going to have to happen. Say again? You know, if you've got a state that's flush with cash, like Florida, because of the tourist industry, and you've got a state that's upside down like Illinois, because no tourism and a lot of stupidity. Uh -huh. So what happens? You know, your, your license fee could be 2000 a year. Right. So now you I'm going to license my vehicle. It, it doesn't. I'm going to license well, it in Florida means... and then bring it back here. Exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So that's a huge issue that, you know, that I still think needs to get worked through. This is what I'm saying. It's not that I'm against electric vehicles. I think there's a lot of things we need to work through before we all just jump on the bandwagon. Sure. But I feel like they're really trying to push it down our throats right now. I mean, even, you know, the president came out and said it when they complained about gas prices. They're like, go buy an electric vehicle. Like, right. Yeah, I got $80,000 to drop on a car. Right. You know, my $30,000 truck, that's... 20 years of gasoline, right? the price difference. Right. So it doesn't just say, hey, let's just plug in. Plus but my you, electric's not free. No, you're still, you're still paying, you know, what is it, 20, 30 well, bucks? a lot less than yours. 20, 20 to 30 bucks to uh, go ahead and, and top off electrically from electrical fees. That's at a regular charging station. It'd be cheaper at home to charge at home because- And at night when it's low. Right. So that every every EV charger we install, we tell them to call ComEd or the 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 power company, company, and then go on uh, you know uh, real time pricing, so that that way, in the evening you program your car to start charging at midnight and be done at five or six in the morning. That's when power is really cheap. That's when you charge your vehicle. So now you don't have the the the, the cost okay. for that and, and at what point then does that now catch up where everybody knows that trick so everybody goes from midnight till 5 a.m so now there is no cheap electricity ever <laughs> that could be that could be no, true but you know what i'm saying so, yeah a lot of things a lot of things so anyway another cool article that i read and this had to do with uh pushing the electric vehicles was saying that people would not and i think this came from like the hemmings motor news kind of thing um, people would not be interested in buying an electric vehicle unless they could get, you know, 300 miles on a charge because that would suit them. But they didn't want to spend more than $35,000. So you had to get that price point and that distance. Right. Okay. And now the go, funny Kevin. thing is, 
Yeah. Well, we've made it. Yes. You know what I mean? So just, 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 I went and looked this up when I was reading through this real quick. You can buy this. This is a Ford E or F2, F-150 Lightning. E. The mm -hmm. E model. It's all electric, 320-mile range. If you get the Pro Series, which is the contractor's truck, it's still all-wheel drive. You've got the boot storage. Now you can secure your tools inside here. You still have the, the, the bed and 40 grand. So you're there. Something like 200,000 of them already ordered or 20,000 yeah. pre-ordered. Yep. Now they, but they can't get, but they can't get batteries. Well, they, they, and the, it's the, it's the uh, computer chips and all that garbage too, that they can't get. We ordered our, uh, transit e-transit in October of 21. It's now June of 22. And they're telling us we're going to be getting it sometime this month. But I'm going to guess it's still, they told us it's built, but I don't know where it's at. So I'm telling you, Ford, they're all having problems. They all jumped on this so fast in the yep. last 12 months. Like you can't come up with battery packs. Right. So you realize if you open up one of these battery packs, regardless of who the manufacturer is, you know, Tesla or Rivian or whoever, they're all little C cells all put in series in little pods and yep. all that. Yep. There's just not enough lithium stuff out there. Right. You know, so. Yeah. So and there's only a couple of lithium mines in the United States. One's not even one. There's just building the refinery right now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So um, something you had talked about earlier. Go ahead to the next picture there, Kev. Where are all these? This is here's all the different plugs that yeah, that I are currently out. Too soon. Apologize, but yes, those are your different plugs, and that that is in itself is an issue. Right. So the standard. This is becoming the more and more standard one, which is this one right here. But you'll find hey, all the of the lettering designation on that was it. Like can you zoom in on that, Kev? Can you hit hit the close up on it? So Tesla has their own charger and they have their own yes. system that it own infrastructure, own network. But the problem, the reason he did that was because there was no standardization. So he standardized mm -hmm. it for himself and all of his chargers. But it also now keeps the Tesla family in the Tesla family. You can't go up well, with that from lightning what I understand, and do there it. are two adapters that are available to Tesla, and I don't know the adapters to which of those eight that you're showing. You right. know what I'm saying? But there are two adapters that you can get with a Tesla. Right. This is a CCS Type 4, is that it? Two. It's type 2. CCS Type oh, 2. Let's see, I keep saying SSR or whatever, but it's CCS? Yeah. That must be the one that General Motors went to, and that's what the EU is kind of latched on to, and that would be... I mean, that's what you do then, right? Everybody should just go with it. I mean, what the Correct. hell's the difference? Correct. Well, it, it, it really doesn't matter. Like for Tesla, though, the reason he did that is now when you plug in, even if you had an adapter and you tried to plug another vehicle into Tesla, it sends a signal. The computer's talking. They go, nope, you're not a Tesla. You're out of here. Or your Tesla is not, you know, you haven't paid up on something, so we're not going to supercharge you. You, get, you have to pay extra for supercharging. So... They've got that kind of system within Tesla that you're not going to find. Now, you can take your Tesla and go charge it in anywhere, you know, and plug it in with an adapter, and it's going to go because they don't talk to each other. They just say, yeah, you're an electric vehicle. Okay, here's the power, and, and that's the extent of it. So that's kind of where the plugs are at, and I think it, I, I agree that over time these are going to. Um, they need to. I mean, they're they're going to standardize it, you know, and, and it'll work really well. So, um 
the next thing you had, uh, let's see, oh, okay, there you go. The government, they recently decided uh, on the, cha the chargers. And the last item there we had was impacts just on mining. mining, of trying to get all the lithium. So Well, it's not just lithium. I mean, there's, what, 200 pounds of copper in every car. <laughs> yeah, because of all the wires. You know what I mean? And you yeah. can recycle copper, but it's electrical, so they don't use recycled copper. It all has to be constantly mined. So, you know, if you go to, like, the environmental sites or the real anti-EV vehicles, it's one of the things that you'll read is the amount of raw materials that goes into each vehicle could be four or 500 pounds of, of refined materials, which means you have to go through tons and tons of refining to get to that. Sure. And that's where another issue is because you're still burning fossil fuel to do that. You're still polluting water to do that. It's, so that's where some of it comes from. You know and, what I mean? It's just, you got to figure out the way. Personally, I think that's a bunch of hooey because you're going through, you're going to mine whatever it is or and to get your steel and the aluminum and all that other garbage anyway. So if mining's really concerned, I think it doesn't matter. You might as well go back to the horse because that's the only way you're going to stop from mining to create a vehicle. Um, the other thing that's going to help with the batteries, and we, haven't we, we don't have a picture for this, but that's the um, hydrogen stuff. So right now, they're, part of the infrastructure that they're trying to do is come up with hydrogen, hydrogen-powered vehicles using the uh, power cells to create yeah, the electricity. Cells, hydrogen fuel cells. Correct. Now, you don't need that huge battery pack. You don't need all that weight. Uh, all you need is the hydrogen, and you could start taking all the gasoline stations and turning them into hydrogen stations fairly quickly. That that could happen. And I believe it's Sweden or Switzerland is absolutely loaded with those already. Right. But one of the problems, again, it's it's not really a problem, but um, every time you bring up hydrogen, somebody throws up a video of the Hindenburg. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know, and the funny thing is, no, and seriously, the, the thing is that people don't realize when the Hindenburg burst into flames, of all the people that died, very few of them burned because right. hydrogen is so light that the fire is above your head. So if you got an accident driving a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle yep. and it erupted into flames, the hydrogen would float above the car and burn. You would probably not be burned at all. Correct. Where unlike oil and gasoline based stuff where you get any on you, it's going to burn until it goes but, out, right? But if you get a hole in your tank, where does that gasoline go? It goes on the Everywhere. ground. It goes yeah. on the ground. So, so and, and then the vapors start to rise. That's what catches on fire and, you know, the whole, the right. whole thing. Explodes. So the other thing with hydrogen is that the molecules are so much smaller than oxygen molecules. And yes. A lot of people don't realize that. So it, it requires better joints. You know what I mean? All your fittings and gaskets and things like that have to be way better. Otherwise, just sitting there, it just the hydrogen leaks out. Right. You can't so use I don't think that's or... a bad way to go. No. But you go back to power generation, you know, I, uh, nuclear power plants are fusion. Right. They are building a fission power plant. There's 20 companies doing this, and it's supposed to come online in France in 2025. So the 20 com countries, rather, have come together, United States included, to right. build this one fission plant. Right. It's a, if go to YouTube, stay on, go find it. It's it's a very very cool video. How they're stabilizing this ring, the magnetic field, the temperatures. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's way wild above stuff. my pay grade. <laughs> yes. But if they can get this thing to work. The problem, you know, they get it to work. It's going to be awesome. It's going to change. It will change the world. Yep. Because now you have non-polluting fission electricity. It's cheap. Right. 
but they've been working on this plant for 15 years. Yeah. It's still a few years away from being completed. Even if it was done and it worked, the very next day you started breaking ground on another one. You know, when's it going to be ready? 20 years, 25 years? So right. I think this is, it's all going to be baby steps. We have to work with what we have. Right. But I still think instead of trying to build these massive grids, we should be going to microgrids. And then that way with the microgrids, you're, you're doing individual towns, individual cities. And now you're not relying on that huge infrastructure because now you can keep it local. And, and that should help with the cost also. But, you know, the utility companies, again, they can't have their hands and their fingers in it like they do now. So they push back against it. So um, personally, I've ha I had a Chevy Volt. I absolutely loved it until somebody T-boned us in it. And then uh, my wife didn't like that being in a smaller car, so we went to a midsize SUV. Um, but if they had an, a midsize SUV that was uh, EV, you know, we'd probably be getting one if it was reasonably priced. So. Well, that's a problem. They're not. I mean, it's like, you know, the upper Tesla is like the Tesla three. That was what thirty six thousand it started. Right. I don't know if they're forty thousand now, but they're still a pretty small car. Right. Not a lot of bells and whistles. You know, not zero to sixty in three seconds. Right. Yeah. Five. <laughs> still pretty quick. Don't yeah. get me wrong. So you know, but I I loved thing, it. You know, the Mercedes. The Mercedes and all of the rest of them, I mean, they're just getting, they're just crazy pricing. Right. But again, it's, not be, it's because there's no mass production. Right. And as, as this comes around, it's going to be better. Chevy's coming out with their stuff. They've got the Hummers, uh, the pickup trucks. Yeah, why, so, yeah let's the do that. Let's make an electric vehicle and we'll just make it the biggest damn thing we can come up with. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I guess my point here is, you know, these, these vehicles that are coming out today, they, ha they need to trickle down through the system over time and become used vehicles so that people that can't afford the new ones could be starting to purchase these. And because of that trickle down over the next 15 to 20 years, this evolution of, you know, everybody switching to EV is going to happen over a long period of time because not all of us can afford that $90,000 Tesla. But maybe in 10 years when one's, you know, got 100,000 miles on it and it's a lot cheaper, yeah, then maybe we're going to be getting into it, and we'll be able to get out of the gas. Uh, gas should be concerned about, you know, we say, you know, a motor now, an, an a ice motor with 200,000 miles, for the most part with technology now, is just broke in. Yes. But a 10-year-old EV battery, not knowing how many cycles it's gone through, can be scary. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got Teslas with 400,000 miles on them, all original. So, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's just, you know, you're just going to we'll have to work through it all. Yeah, we have to test I mean, don't it. get me wrong. I love the idea of it. I mean, aside from the, the, the one truck that looks like a Japanese cartoon character. <laughs> that was um, the uh, Rivian, I think. It's, I wasn't going to use the name. Oh, but, OK. But it's the bug eye. I, I think it's, it looks yeah. goofy. It does. Yeah. What's that? There's, there's a but Fiat. that one's supposed to go into. That was supposed to be in production already, and that was being built in Illinois. At the, it was an old Toyota plant or something, and I don't know that that's even moving. Mitsubishi plant. They are building, and I'm yeah. starting to see the Rivians around here. The guy, the guy down really? the street has one. Yes, but there's a Fiat, there's a little Fiat that he has a little bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that one, it, it, it's, it's just goofy looking. But you know that whatever. Yeah. That's fine. So all right. The only I think, thing worse is. Tesla's version of a truck. Yes, that's awful. All right, so uh, they're giving us the wrap-up sign. They're saying, like, that's it. Come on, get out of here. It's too long. It's too long. So with that, we're going to say, I I'd like to see everybody start to move towards EV. No. And over time, I Let think it will. Let me back you up. Go ahead. What do you think? 
Put it in the comments below. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> are you buying an EV or are you going to go ice on your next vehicle? So uh, with that, make sure you hit that subscribe button, dingle the bell, and uh, we'll talk to you next time because next time so, we're going to have it. Keep it square and level. <laughs> Until next Until time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Keep it square and level. Hey, how about, how about a methane vehicle? We could fuel oh, it yeah. beans and broccoli. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did that one go? Plus 30. Whoa.